Hello, Hello. and welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. We're finally back to Tony Collette uh, to talk about The Estate, released in 2022, written and directed by Dean Craig, about a wealthy woman's relatives who try to get into her will at the last second before she dies. Classic. And today, it's just family. Just us. Have we done one with just us besides The Thief and the Cobbler? Because I've done one with just Rain. You've done some with a guest. Yeah, we did a Foster, I think, was just us. There was... One around the time right before the pandemic. That was just us. It's hard because we don't like each other. Yeah, we're not friends outside of this. So it's difficult to uh, come up with things to say. In my mind, every guest is our child that we're trying to hold the marriage together for. <laughs> Even the ones we've never met. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we're, we're trying something new today, right? Yeah, we're going to do the awards at the beginning <gasps> um, to give us a jumping off point for discussion. So... As you know, Jake, on the Tony Awards, we give three awards to everything we watch. The first of which is Best Prop. I actually didn't have a Best Prop, so you can go first. <laughs> You're like, we're going to do the awards first. And, and then, then I just didn't gonna... do two of them. <laughs> One of them. Um, mine was Anna Ferris's Beanie. That's good. It was giving very you circa <laughs> 2014. Me. Mine is the raccoon eyeliner. Yes, thankfully. So I was like pretending in those opening scenes that that was us because Tony was like dressed badly and you had a beanie <laughs> and like she had a beanie on. So it was like us yeah. <laughs> in 2014. I think you dressed very well in 2014. Mm, no. Okay. What do you remember? What do you remember me wearing? I remember on the first day of school, you were wearing this black and blue. Oh, like red and blue, like plaid Is this flannel. A snapback? Oh, the flannel. Yeah. Mm. And that was nice. Yeah, but remember my like knee length plaid shorts I wore like every day? Yeah, but those were requisite for not quite out teens in those days. <laughs> I was 20. <laughs> <laughs> well, a 20 year old is a teenager in their mind. That's true. Boys don't age, grow, mature as fast as girls do. Well, you were very punk with your beanie it was extremely punk i was missing out on what i had i was yeah. catching up on what you i wore missed a beanie out on and then full face and then pajama bottoms <laughs> every day <laughs> it was really bad i was really that girl with the cookie monster pajama pants in gym class except in my sophomore year bfa acting class i was at a bar the other day with my parents and the, the girl behind the counter was um literally wearing pajamas and i feel like it was such a vibe like i want to do that at work i'm kind of wearing pajamas right now i know but are, you're wearing leggings it's like joggers and like yoga pants a sweater yeah i'm wearing a sweater and jeans <laughs> i'm glad everyone knows what we're wearing what are you wearing under that <laughs> nothing do you wish that i was there right now where <laughs> <laughs> okay this movie um i Oh, but we're still doing awards. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Do you have so, a best prop now? Um, yeah, my best prop is incest. Oh my god, that was the lot weird. of incest. That was the worst in this prop. movie. I kind of loved it. You loved it. Yeah, I was like, Sam's gonna either. I think that David Duchovny was a little bit miscast as the cousin who is always trying to fuck his other cousins. He seemed a little bit sedated. I'm trying to think yeah. of who would have done it better though. Like Zach Galifianakis or something. Maybe. Um, Someone funny. Yeah, somebody funny should have done it. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, maybe uh, like a Nick Kroll type. Okay. Nick Kroll would have been good, I think. It would have been funny because he's like 5'6". Is he the one that's dating so. Emrata? 
now? No, that's uh, that's Eric Andre. Right. They're the same. Time. Eric Andre also would have been good. But my best. Okay. The next award is best <laughs> Tony moment. Do you want to uh, go first this time? Sure. Uh, my best Tony moment came pretty early on. It was when they first go to see the ant and Anna Ferris volunteers Tony to empty the ant's colostomy bag. And she tries to smile, but it's more like a grimace and her lips just get like pulled into like the recesses of her mouth. She held that colostomy bag for for like 10 scenes. hours. Three scenes. It was it was I'm like Tony, I'm sure there's a toilet in the house somewhere. I've always wondered what a colostomy bag um, looks like slash is. So they had it in that kind of basin that you bathe babies in. Right. And it was just full of shit. But it must be nice to not have to, you know. Go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom all the time. I guess. Although if it's coming out of your side, I don't know. I'm very misinformed, so let's move on. <laughs> I um, moved on. Oh, what was your best Tony moment? <laughs> oh, mine was uh, near the end when... Okay, first of all, is it Anna or Anna Ferris? Oh, it's Anna, I think. Okay, I want to be like Anna from Frozen. Yeah. Okay, Anna Ferris. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. She's giving Tony the pep talk about how her life is shit. and Tony, Oh, and Tony's like crying. Tony's like acting hard and crying yeah. with very thin dialogue. Mm-hmm. So. That, yeah, the script for that scene was not good and i was impressed or for any scene really yeah i mean we'll get well, into we'll get it, it yeah. so i know that i texted you like half an hour into this movie and said that i loved it but mm. then i hated it <laughs> yeah i did i did a spit take for sure when you said that <laughs> but that um, was your grease live moment yeah well, i love grease live well that's it was better than this though right i don't think that i know you anymore it was better than this no what? It was a hundred times worse than this. Oh, please. Okay. Custom award. Okay. What was yours? Mine was uh, worst long form improv show I've ever sat through. Mm. Goes to this script, presumably. And I've seen some pretty bad ones. Yeah. We've been a part of some pretty bad ones. Oh, no. I mean, we haven't done the bad improv personally, but we've no, watched other people do bad improv on shows that we were also We've on. been around bad improv. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Never us, though. No names. Not us. We're not naming names. Are we? Can we? No, never mind. Oh my God, Sam's mouthing improv teams that <laughs> existed pre-COVID. Um, <laughs> so my custom award was best time to say cunt, and it is six minutes mm. into a movie. Agreed. That was when I actually sat up. Yeah. Here's the thing. This movie so, so like boringly bad mm-hmm. that it doesn't even seem to warrant discussion. Yeah. Okay. I think we're done. no no oh i agree with the cunt thing because okay so five (laughs) minutes into the movie okay so tony was it the mom who said it yes so tony collette and anna ferris are sisters who run a failing cafe which they're never seen at really never except for the animated opening sequence in which they both get um (laughs) non-consent forget the animated opening sequence they both get non-consensually groped twice in the opening sequence Mm -hmm. (laughs) once by their cousin and once by a diner at the cafe and maybe that was originally shot live action and Tony was like, absolutely not. Do not animate this, please. I have not done. It was very the nanny theme song. Yes. The animation no. style. Tony was like, I haven't done an exploitation film since eight and a half women and I will not do it again. <laughs> so um, they go back to visit their mom and their mm-hmm. mom is like, you know, your aunt who you hate. Um, she's dying. She just got a terminal diagnosis. She has like a couple days to live, basically. And she says, you guys should go see her. You should write her a letter or something. And they say, okay, why don't you come with us? And she says, I don't want to visit that old cunt. That was really good. But uh, what was this movie rated, by the way? 
R, X. I think. We'll get into that later too. But I think that I think R for cunt alone. And, and that was the, it. The penis. Oh, that's right. There is a there there's a dick later uh, on. Part of one. Let's not talk about that right now. Uh <laughs> probably arguably the worst part of the movie. Right. Um so Tony and Anna are two sisters. Tony's whole thing is that she's a good person. Anna's whole thing is that she's a bad person. It's very in her shoes. It's very in her shoes. It's very sweet D from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I, I thought was Anna's character. Oh, just like, you know, like is that a, the girl? a blonde heinous bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because early on they're applying for a bank loan and she shows up an hour late mm-hmm. and then goes into the bank to throw coffee on the bank manager, the bank manager and it's the wrong bank. Yeah. Ha ha. Hilarity ensues. So funny. I was going to say a word on the swearing, though. I feel like the script was so thinly. It was every cliche after cliche after cliche, yeah. right? And then I don't were, really think there was any swearing except for Kyle. No, there was a lot of fuck shit. Oh. You're just desensitized, probably. I don't even notice anymore. There was a lot of it, and I realized it because it was so like cheap the way they used it. There was like, if you don't know what to say in a script, just oh. say shit. Just say fuck. Fuck you. Shit. Fuck. Yeah, that is or, very Or much. potty humor or sex humor. The shit. Lots of sex humor, lots of shit humor. Yeah. Didn't need to be there in a and smart written movie. Not that I'm against those things, but they can also be smart. Well, you are against potty humor. If it's done well, like. What have you, uh, have there been any poop jokes that you've enjoyed in well, media? in Triangle of Sadness. There's a talking toilet, right? No, but there's a woman rolling oh, I thought around there was in a her own toilet. shit. I don't think so. Oh. I mean, there's a lot of puke and vomit and shit, but it's like talking about rich people. Okay. Okay. This movie was kind of talking about rich people. Yeah. Well, just one rich woman. What happened to the rest of the family? What do you mean? Didn't they probably come from money? I don't know. I mean, my mom has randomly very wealthy relatives. Mm. I think it depends a lot. It's on... generational too. It's generational. Because our parents were the ones, the first generation with like huge debt. Because mm, their parents weren't like paid like an eighth of what Yeah. we paid for school, if that. Yeah. So it's like. I think it's also just, well, this family seemed very small. So I was going to say, I mean, my mom has like cousins who have money and that's not, it doesn't really affect us. And we'd always kind of be like, oh, we're going to the rich cousin's house. There were a lot of, we don't know. I mean, there were three different siblings at least. I think it just depends on whether you work in real estate. Because the other cousin wasn't related to, so there were at least. Two other siblings we did not see besides Tony's, besides their parent, their mom. Oh, they're like people who live out of state, right? Yeah, like Rosemary's mom and David Duchovny's mom. Mm-hmm. Which we also have to mention that is another reunion of. Yes. So Rosemary DeWitt is once again uh, playing opposite Tony Collette. They had a lot of scenes together, which I really enjoyed. I honestly thought Rosemary carried this movie. Oh, she ate the whole time. She was incredible. From her first moment on screen to her last moment on screen, she was earning that paycheck. Oh, yeah. And she did it I have a a feeling, I feel like Tony like booked this and she calls her up and she's like, you want to do this like shitty movie with me? Mm -hmm. He would be the bitchy sister again and like, and she's like, oh, yep, sign me up. Yeah. Because she plays, they both play their types again. Yeah, Rosemary plays a bitch. Um, Tony plays a well-meaning woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then David Duchovny, <laughs> who was in Connie and Carla, the drag queen movie, which and I don't remember anything about that movie. I don't either. I remember the the musical number. I remember I thought that it was offensive, but everybody that I've spoken to since who has seen it loved it. But it was 2019. It was a different time. <sighs> yeah, who knows? I want to watch it again. Yeah, why not? Yeah. It's like a knockoff Muriel's Wedding kind of though. I don't think so. No? I don't know. 
Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> just just because there's just a there's musical a scene where two women do a dance together. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're all trying to steal. Oh, and Aunt Hilda is played by, by Kathleen Turner, Kathleen Turner, famous legendary for playing Chandler's dad on Friends. That's what she's known for, and playing Jessica Rabbit. Really? Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. She's so cool. Her voice is very. I have a sore throat, so whenever she said something, of course, I would have to repeat it, and it hurt even more. <laughs> but she was really good too. Yeah, she was great. They also have a half sister who is a different oh, race my God. that they treat like garbage. They're like, she's such a freak. She's into Dungeons and Dragons. Every scene, she's wearing a different costume headpiece, like crown, horns. She always plays alone, I guess. Well. And she's and she seems very normal. She seems very nice, except for when she was drinking juice out of the pickle jar. That was I mean, pickle juice is good. It, no, I don't support that. Okay, but where have I seen this girl before? She's in an insurance commercial, for sure. <laughs> but there's I don't actually else. know. I checked her uh, letterbox and I didn't see anything else that she's been in. She's very like Meg Stalter type kind of kind of insurgent comedian appears in a movie, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, is she a comedian? Yeah, I definitely seen her on like some kind of something. Yeah. I don't know what though. They were so mean to her for literally nothing. She was not even annoying. She seemed very socially adept, very normal. She's very normal. She just has a hobby. Unlike them. They don't have anything except for their failing restaurant. Oh, and Tony has a construction worker boyfriend who cries. I thought it was very revolutionary of them to have two black men in this movie and they're both only shown crying. Who's There's the her boyfriend and then the nurse who's running out of the house when oh, they get yeah. there, yelling at Kathleen Turner. Emotional vulnerability. That's true. And um, This movie would have made me feel emotionally vulnerable if I felt anything while I watched it. Well, and then they did, kudos, they didn't try to depict Aunt Hilda as racist. Oh, that would have been so fucking annoying. that would be annoying. low-hanging fruit, right? Yeah. And then also, like David Duchovny mentioning. What if the minute they walked <laughs> into her room, she just said the N-word? Uh, that would have been... That would have been a better movie. <laughs> Here, yeah, they, okay, so everybody was mean, but everybody was like low tier. Everyone mean. was the same level of mean. Yeah. And there was like, nothing that ever was like, ooh, that's And just hurt. boring mean. It's just like, oh, I want you to fuck my aunt. Like, do it or well, you're a bad husband. Well, <laughs> that was so funny. That was such a, like, jury scene. That was a good scene. It was <laughs> Rosemary being like, if you really want my aunt's inheritance husband, who is played by Jack Berger from Sex and the City, you have to fuck my aunt. And That's how you like, know who Ron Livingston is? Mm-hmm. I know him from Search Party. Oh, yes! That's, mm-hmm. oh my god. Yeah, well, yeah. I already called him Berger. <laughs> oh, speaking of, we did not mention that at the beginning, but this movie was produced by Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yes, what I the did. Hell what was she thinking? Was she doing with that? So, okay, so the guy who wrote and directed this, he's a British guy. He did uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Death at a Funeral, one of those. Oh, something at a funeral. One of those, like, British comedies that's not funny. Four Weddings is, like, supposed to be a good movie, though. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I have to... Like, Oscar-nominated movie. I have to look up which one he did. (laughs) Oh, Um, it's Death at a Funeral, he did. Okay. He kind of, um, he kind of looks like a sex pest. He kind of looks like a Duplass brother. Mm, a little bit. What's his name? Dean Craig. Dean Craig. Two first names. Yeah. Anyway, Wait. I. How does he have two movies called Death at a Funeral? Is it Death at a Funeral? There's no. Uh, one of them. 
One of them is death at a funeral with all white people. Mm. And the other one is death at a funeral with all black people. I've heard of this. And they were released three years apart. Let me guess. The white people one was first. Yes. Classic. Let me see. Death of Funeral with Black People has a 5.7 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes. With White People has a 7.3 out of 10. Oh, and it stars Tom Wamsgans from Succession. Okay. Wow. I want to watch this. He should have played David Duchovny. Yes. Fuck. Okay. Um, if we recasted this with people from Succession. <laughs> well, Shiv obviously plays. Tony. Tony. No, no, no. She plays um, Charmaine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now she's Charmaine. She's not mm -hmm. Rosemary DeWitt. Cousin Greg is Rosemary DeWitt's uh, husband, uh -huh. who's a chef, a professional chef. D oh. Not a stupid chef, like at your cafe, she says. Oh, there's not enough Tony. women in succession to cast this. Yeah, actually. This movie really is very Bechdel test. It's extremely Bechdel test, extremely. which is how you know that the Bechdel test is flawed. Because movies can pass the Bechdel test and still be fucking terrible. Well, no, it's not that it's flawed. It's just that it, I don't think it's intended as uh, this is whether a movie is good or bad. It would not pass it if the person dying was an uncle. I guess. Every single scene they're talking about Aunt Hilda dying. Mm -hmm. And basically they're all competing to be in her will. Allegedly, she's already selected David Duchovny to be. Because they've been keeping up over, over email. Email, ha. But he... His name is Richard, but he has decided oh. to start going by Dick. Anna Ferris gets a zinger with, you prefer Dick now? He goes, yes, I like Dick. Ha ha ha. Uh -huh. He's investing in a, an app that is a mirror for your phone. And she says, why don't you just do the front-facing camera? And he's like, what do you mean? Yeah, very good. Very funny. What was I going to say, though, is that Beatrice, Beatrice is the favorite cousin, allegedly. Allegedly, because um, she has that hair that old people just love. Her wig was crazy. Her wig was great. Not as great as her like final timeline staircase hair. Oh, you never watched it still, did you? No. <gasps> it creeps me out. But that's the best thing Tony's done post-hereditary, honestly. Really? Yeah. Is that your favorite that we're going to compare the estate to? Oh. Is the estate better than the staircase? Interesting. Well, we have to get to that, don't we? I guess. So they're trying to get Hilda to write them into the will. Right. They're feeling very threatened by the presence of Rosemary and David Duchovny. So they sneak her out of the house at 530 in the morning. It looks like they're going to take her out on the town, which would be so fun. Oh, that would be fun. But instead, they just take her to their mom's house for two seconds to try and force them to make up. And her mom attempts to shoot her. Obviously, it doesn't work. The mom tries to kill her. Why couldn't they have gone to like an ice cream shop or like... Parallel parked. Parallel parking would have been fun. Um, also, Kathleen I did Turner, laugh backseat driver. when they abducted her from the bed. No, that was really good. That was a that was a fun Physical sequence. Comedy. That was when I wrote, "I don't hate this," and I texted you, and I was like, "I kind of this is kind of a gag." <laughs> it's kind of eating. Um, it's kind of great. Oh, uh, so that doesn't and work. And then right. another. Then when they get her out of the car, she goes, "Why have you brought me to the shithole of a dump?" Shithole of a dump. Yep. Which. Yep. God damn it. So much. I was, okay, watching this movie, I was trying to imagine like British actors delivering the lines. And I'm like, is it bad just because it's American actors delivering British lines? Tony, I feel like it's supposed to be, I don't know. Imagine the read through. Good Lord. Over Zoom. Yeah. Why? Why is this one of the movies that got made? All of the actors just being like, fucking Jesus. 
How do they get through it? My life is over. This Tony is, is honestly so funny for doing this shit still. It's really something. I love the movies that she chooses to promote on Instagram. Like she didn't do any promo for the for estate. She didn't on Instagram. Mm. No, and then she's but been she talking she, about. I think it came out before she. Um, oh, that's right. Brought her Instagram back. She's really hyping Mafia she Mama. She is going so hard for Mafia Mama, which comes out like two weeks after we're it going to get into Jennifer Chili's. I'm excited for it. I also we think might have that to do a bonus up. It wasn't that funny in the trailer, but that might mean the movie's better. Yeah. I think so, because the trailer for The Estate, I remember watching the trailer for The Estate and being like, oh, they just showed us the whole movie and Mm -hmm. not a single part of it was funny. Right down to the further plot development, which is trying to get Anne Hilda laid before she dies with her high school crush. Who is now a sex offender, which I thought they made way too big of a deal out of. Right, like who isn't a sex offender? First of all, who goes to prison for flashing? For like his whole life, apparently. And also, who hasn't been flashed? Uh, I mean, nobody. Well, this isn't Everybody. New York, though. It's, it's New, Orleans, New Orleans, which, which is, is even more. Even People more. are drunk at 8 a.m. on the street. Exactly. Everybody in NOLA has been flashed. Everybody in New York has been flashed. Listeners I got flashed during the pandemic. Well, I actually haven't. In truly like pre-vaccine era, I was on the subway platform, and this guy was standing on the opposite subway platform, and he kept yelling at me. Or he was calling me Hun. He was going, Hun, hey, Hun. And then he started unzipping his pants, but it was like taking a while. And then the train came before he could get his dick out. Well, Sam, if you had just looked at me, then I wouldn't have had to keep doing that. <laughs> Well, you normally don't call me such nice names. Hun. Hun. Hunt. Baby. Um, I have so, never been flashed. <laughs> you've never been there. flashed? I did see some guy peeing facing Doesn't, the street. That's funny. Like, fully out. That's good. We flashed each other in college all the time. But when we had to pee on the sidewalk. I don't think you flashed me. You were very private. <laughs> so, uh, the sex offender... Is looped in. Yes. Oh, and like they make a big deal about how gross his apartment is. And I'm like, have you, you, first of all, you work in a restaurant. That's not great. Yeah. You probably have a C rating. Mm-hmm. Secondly, he has like, <clears throat> a, like a half an onion on the counter. On a Ferris. At least it's something. a vegetable. Right. Then he shows, he cleans up pretty good. He shows up at dinner. Yeah, he looks great at dinner. David Duchovny finds out that he's the one who was flashed by him. Mm-hmm. So he tells, Everyone that he's a flasher, yes. but Aunt Hilda doesn't care because people make mistakes, and, and she's, she's going to marry him and leave the estate to him. Yes, hijinks, mm-hmm. which everyone comes together about. Everybody, then the entire family is like, "Okay, what if we try to take out this one guy and we split up the estate amongst all of us?" Which is allegedly like worth twenty million dollars. Yeah, and <clears throat> they try to. Tempt him into flashing again. Yeah. By getting Ellen to show up in her Dungeons and Dragons outfit and they just sit her down next to him. And first of all, they get him a little drunk though. They get him hammered. Yeah. Secondly, they ask Ellen to do it and she's like, no, of course I'm not going to do it. And that's how I knew that that bitch deserved every inch of bullying that she got. Mm. Because yeah, you wouldn't get you wouldn't get flashed for twenty million dollars. So stupid. Please. I guess if the people who are asking you are people uh, who hate you. If your sister asked you, if my sister asked me, I would say yes. If my sister hated my guts and asked me, I would say no. 
But then I would hear about the money and I would be like, okay. So they get to the house and immediately it becomes clear that the sex offender is not the threat to Ellen. It is David Duchovny who immediately tries to grab her tits. Oh, yeah. Well, he he's very into the cousin thing. He loves the cousin thing. He's trying to get Tony to fuck him. He it says, was a little overkill, honestly. It was overkill just because it it never... It never changed. It was always It never the changed. Same. And it, it never escalated. It was not build. It wasn't like August Osage County. It was all just always just him verbally being like, hey, do you want to fuck? And Tony's like, no. And he's like, all right, next time. And it's like gross. Just then he's every also two like, minutes. Well, it used to be that we got through the whole gay thing and we got through the whole trans thing and now cousin thing is great and now it turns out we're actually not past the gay or the trans thing if you read the new york did you crimes. see the tweet about the <laughs> the <laughs> husbands who found out that they're half brothers yes i think i feel like that was planted by ancestry.com mm-hmm. to get people to do more of those dna tests and sell their spit to mormons which i don't support why mormons well, Mormons own like Ancestry.com or like DNA.com or whatever. One of those sites that people are sending their spit to is fully owned by Mormons and they keep all of your spit in a warehouse. Well, what is, what's my spit going to do? They could frame you for a crime. I mean, that's how they found the Golden State Killer who actually did do those crimes, but it was because his daughter did a DNA test and it matched DNA found at one of the crime scenes. Or they could do Jurassic Park people version. Yeah. When we get wiped out. Oh my God. Imagine our souls just, imagine us just coming back, being reanimated 2,000 years from now. And they're like, thank God these Mormons kept your spit. I just watched Avatar. So I'm like, yeah. Avatar one? Yeah. I haven't seen the second one yet. Um, I'd watched it for the first time. Really? Mm -hmm. On my laptop. And it was fun. The way it was meant to be seen. I think it was a good time. Yeah. Sigourns. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Um, I remember being really annoyed by Avatar when I was 14 and it came out because I was just like it was mainstream. The, I guess. Like, I and, love the Hurt Locker. And I had a stomach ache when I went to go see it. And I think that I just, uh, you know, when you're a kid and like you have no control over when you leave a place or when you enter. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just, fucking grocery stores. Yeah. I wanted to go Coles. home. I wanted to go home so badly. If I was an adult, I would just look over at my aunt and say, hey, I have a stomachache. I'm going to head out. I was like, I can just make it through the rest of this movie. And I was like, how long can this movie possibly be? And this one's even longer than It's anyone. a fucking James Cameron movie. It's three hours. And then one of the characters is just the tree from Pocahontas. And I went on Facebook right after I got home. They're and I was like, James Cameron is stealing from Pocahontas. It's literally Pocahontas. I think in this new one, they like basically blew the whole time. So... Right. Where were we with the movie? To me, okay. I what I wanted from this movie, I feel like I wanted it to be darker. Because it was like a broad comedy mm. about people doing something kind of about a bunch of despicable people. And it neither like it didn't like lean into the despicableness and it also didn't I don't know, it seemed like it didn't really like make a choice as to like the tone. Which, you know that I love a genreless movie. Yes. Like Muriel's Wedding, like Mental, like any movie that comes out of Australia. Right. But with this, it just never went ham. You didn't care about them at all. Yeah. Because they were assholes from the start. Not because they were assholes, but because they were boring Poorly assholes. written assholes. They were assholes in a boring way. And in that a way, worked I'm for like, Rosemary DeWitt's character because she was the antagonist for a while. Yeah. So it was like, oh, she's 
she can be more one note because that's what the mm-hmm. character and do you, is doing. You know, like what's so good about Veep and Succession mm-hmm. is that the characters are assholes, but they have these like pitch perfect insults mm-hmm. for each other. Yes. And, and with this, it was just like, you asshole, you piece right, of shit, perfect, you're rude. It was very general. Specific towards them. Yeah, there was just no specificity in the character's dialogue. Which moments of like, oh, I know who that character is. Like, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then yeah. if you want to get into leaning into darkness, the fact that the sex predator <laughs> yeah. falls asleep. And so they have to take and his pants. And he's not dead. And he's not dead. And they have to take his pants penis out they sexually assault him they sexually so make assault him look him. like a sexual assaulter so tony's boyfriend arrives seeing her sexually you know what would have been funny if he if he, he should have died or if he woke up and felt really really violated and scared <laughs> uh yeah true i mean like it is technically it would have been something it's technically karmic justice i guess in a way. Sure. But it's not presented that way, and it's also not presented as actually being bad that they do it, besides like 20, 15 minutes later when Tony's like, we are all assholes, aren't we? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, oh, you God. sexually assail- assaulted someone. She gives the reason why you suck speech to the whole room, uh-huh. and she points everybody out, and she says things about them that haven't really been like established yet. After they pressure her to sign the thing away to them. Yeah. And then she dies. Yeah. She does foam with the mouth for a while. That's fun. That was really good. I enjoyed that. I also like this was like the least sick woman I've ever seen oh, yeah. until she, the moment she that she died. Had every single cancer in the world, but she was like up and around. She was up and walking around. She was hanging out. She had no issues at all. She didn't seem to be on any medication that she needed. Except morphine. Except. Oh, there was that brief scene when David Duchovny tried to kill her. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then Rosemary <laughs> appears and is like, what you doing? <laughs> that was dark, too. That was kind of dark, but he had I just was, gone from talking about. I was incest. into it. You know what would have been funny is if he tried to suffocate her and she overpowered him. It should have been a horror movie. Imagine this, like Ma. I wanted this to be like a Rachel getting married type situation where it's funny, but it's also very dramatic. But I feel yeah. like this was supposed to be just a broad comedy. It I was so it ends with them getting the money, but they can't get the money, of course, because she has all these debts, and the final total is thirty eight dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh, but she gives Tony a painting of a sad dog that reminds her of her because Tony is also very sad. And, okay, this is something that bothered me about this movie is the characters are so stupid Mm -hmm. and it's not even addressed as being stupid. Like, the minute Tony got the painting, I was like, get that bitch appraised. Right. I was like, obviously. How much is the painting worth? And then it was appraised, turns out. Yeah, it was so, appraised. It's so worth- this is okay. the question. Does she actually, is Tony actually her favorite? Because she had it appraised already oh. and left it to her. I think- They had no relationship foundation to build that on, but interesting. Yeah, yeah, they had no relationship. I think that honestly, the grandma probably meant it as kind of a dig and didn't yeah, realize but- how much it was worth. Because also like- Four million dollars. She said she got it like, at a flea market. Your, yeah, and and plus, like against your like seventeen million dollar estate. Yeah. Food so for at thought. the so at the end of the movie, she Tony Why didn't just say it was seventeen million. <laughs> the painting. <laughs> I think that that would have been a bit much. <laughs> a bit much for this movie at the yeah. end. Well, uh, so at the end of the movie, Tony and Anna are playing Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. with Ellen. 
And Anna's so upset. She's so mad. She's like, I'm so mad. I'm going to take this painting out back and set it on fire. <laughs> little piece of paper falls out as she takes it away. They're like, oh, it's an appraisal. It says that it's worth $4 million. And Tony goes running out and going, Anna, wait, don't burn the painting. And, and you don't, don't see, see what happens. You don't see what happens. It just says the end. That was a cop out. Such a cop out. Such a horrible I mean, I fucking really cop out her ending. to get it, right? Yeah. But also, like, what's the point of, what's, what would the point have been of her destroying it? Just, like, I get, like, I guess Anna seems to have anger problems, so she's going to take out her, that's your sister's painting. Leave your sister's painting I know. alone. I was so annoyed. It would have been, <laughs> I think that it would have been funny to cast Louis C.K. as the sex offender. Oh, yeah, I was thinking about that the whole time. Just put him in old age makeup. What did we think of Rosemary Dewitt's husband leaving her? She's oh. married to him in real life. What? Yeah. You just changed my life. <laughs> so that. I feel like this was definitely okay. I watched the I, I watched Hot Ones with Brian Cranston recently. Okay, great. And Sean Evans asks him, I think he says, like, why do why do you sometimes do shitty movies? Ask Brian Cranston. Yeah, about the movie Why Him. And Brian said, Well, when I got asked to do that movie, the the script was terrible and I called Paul Rudd because he's always doing movies that have terrible scripts. Sure. And I said, why do you do all these horrible comedies? <laughs> and Paul Rudd said, well, it's really about creating the movie on set and you get on set and you're having fun with the other actors and you're punching up the dialogue and you're basically rewriting the script on set. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of studios do. Apparently they hire. Oh, like, really? Yeah. They buy like a nothing screenplay from somebody and then just cast talented actors to make it better. But then of course, you know, those movies never end up being good. No. So. That's like a, a such a risk. <laughs> it's stupid. And no studio wants to spend that kind of money on like, no studio wants to produce mid-budget mid comedies anymore, as I've heard on Twitter. I just need to know why. I feel, so I feel like this movie was like, yeah, let's go to New Orleans. Let's. Right. You know, Rosemary and Tony seem to be friends. Rosemary was probably like, let's get my husband in here. I just I need to know why the they signed on to this. I think specifically. For, I think for money. Well, duh. I guess you're. I right. think money <laughs> and the schedules lined up, and you know, SAG health insurance or whatever. True. You do need to work. Yeah, to get health insurance. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> I feel like these are actors who aren't necessarily drowning. In offers, or maybe they're drowning in like offers that are truly so shitty. Uh, like, would you rather do a movie that films in New Orleans with your friends, or a movie a, in Alaska with not? That's your a good friends? way to look at it too, because you always just think, "Oh, why do they do that?" But it's like, well, where was it shot? What's the budget? Like, what's the who else is in it? Like, yeah. there's people think about that. Mm -hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis literally said that in her. SAG acceptance speech. She's like, it's a 30 day shoot. It's in LA and it has Michelle Yeoh. And she's like, okay. And she did it. And that's why she did mm -hmm. it. Literally, that's it. Yeah. So it can be anything. Yeah. And you never know if it'll, I mean, this is probably going to win Best Picture next year. BSD. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, this movie made me sad because it's, it's so sad to see like, I don't know. In a way, it, it almost reminded me of Dear Evan Hansen mm. in the sense that it was like everybody involved in this movie is very talented. Yeah. 
but there was just a misfire somewhere. The The script wasn't ready yet. Some of the actors, I don't think, seemed super comfortable in the roles. Yeah, it seemed rushed a little. Yeah. Like, it was very, like, it seemed like everything was just, like, one take. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It seems like, yeah, definitely. But, you know. And I think go? that that also kind of fits in with, like, the British work culture. Really? Yeah, well... Actually, it would be more like the French. I was talking about this to Hannah <laughs> the other day about how um British acting and creation methods are kind of different really? from American. I feel like they don't take it quite as seriously as we do. Like but They're like so, Shakespeare people. So Brian Cox is always talking shit on Jeremy Strong well, for yeah. being a method actor and saying that it's annoying and that he should get out of character on set sometimes. I mean, that's true. Yeah. And I feel like I would imagine a British director being like, we got the take, nobody fucked up their lines, let's move on. Right. Like, we have this many pages to shoot, let's not be too precious about it. And then you get to the editing room and you're like, oh, fuck, none of these takes were particularly good. <laughs> right, right. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But also, like, method acting is dumb. You heard it here first. It is, but if it gets you to where you need to be, I mean, I I would never tell Jeremy Strong to do anything different from what he's doing because the result is so yeah. fucking good. But also, so is Brian Cox. Yeah, but I mean, different stuff works for different people. Like, not I you mean, defending method acting. I saw that Tony doesn't believe in it. I know. Well, I saw this at Marymount. <laughs> People would do very well under certain acting teachers and not super well under others. Yeah. And it's like, well, this is a talented actor. It's just that certain methods That's true. don't work for everybody. You know they method acted this whole movie. Oh, of course. Nobody was out of character for even a second, especially not Anna Faris. <laughs> um, a line that David Duchovny had that I appreciated at the very end. He's trying to now fuck his other cousin. Sure. He goes, oh, no, he's trying to fuck Tony again. He goes, mm -hmm. why don't you come with me back down to Florida? See what happens when we put these two assholes together. <sighs> just the most, just the the most, the most depraved viewpoint on sex to a point that it no longer resembles sex. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're putting your assholes together? <laughs> And you're getting your thoughts on what's appropriate from porn websites. And then he lists mm. like three different porn websites devoted to cousin. Fuck your cousin dot org or whatever. Cousinlove.com, yeah. which I think he notes was more romantic than I expected. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Tony like also is so half ass against she knows the scene sucks and she's just yeah. like, oh, no, no, thanks. no thanks. Which she normally doesn't do. No. I feel like we've talked about it in the past that even if the material is bad, she gives it her all. Which she does <clears throat> at the end when she cries. That was very good. She knows it's an ensemble piece. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like the voice of reason lady. So yeah. I feel like so she doesn't need to be like always. Like, it would be obtrusive if she was being flashy. Yeah. Yeah. We love her. Yeah. She was letting Rosemary shine. Uh, one more thing I have to say that we have yeah. somehow not mentioned yet is that this movie was shot at the Coven House. What? American Horror Story Coven? Yes, the titular estate That's is so sick. the Coven School for Girls. <laughs> Did you notice that? No. Literally the front walkway, everything. <sighs> So that's interesting. And it also made me wonder why Tony Collette's never done any Ryan Murphy project. Yeah. She seems like such an easy like grab. Yeah, me. I mean, she loves doing comedy. And like quirky shit. Mm-hmm. 
She could easily have played she would any do of Sarah so Paulson's well. roles on yeah. any of those shows. She I love be, Sarah Paulson, but like they. She would be so good in a Ryan Murphy thing. Maybe there's rumors about what that set's like. I don't know. <laughs> it's too gay I'm for just... Tony. <laughs> Tony's homophobic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Homophobic Tony Collette. She is being so online lately that I'm she a little is. bit worried that she's going to get radicalized. I don't think it'll happen. I mean, she mostly is sharing like videos of koalas. You never know. I mean, those. She's got the middle-aged, middle-aged white woman, woman in algorithm. like UK She's uh, got territories algorithm. are definitely turf yeah. adjacent yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of so-called liberal media outlets are being like just asking questions. You know, about- there's a new podcast with JK Ro- about JK Rowling and it's Oh, called- it's called like The Witch Trials. And it's of hosted JK by that woman who escaped the Westboro Baptist Church. Oh my fucking God. Yeah. Shut up. I like, know. shut up, bitch. Dumb. And apparently the first two, like, it's apparently going to show all sides of the argument. But the first no, two won't. episodes are literally, like, about her and her past with abuse. and blah, 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 Oh, blah, my blah, God. Blah, blah. Like, we don't care. You're an asshole. You know who else has a past of abuse? The transgender community. Yeah. Why? Mm, it just grinds me. And also ears. any, like, <sighs> fucking JK Rowling weaponizing her past of abuse and being like, and that's why I'm not letting trans women inside my women's shelter. <sighs> like, all right, guess who's more likely to face domestic violence? Mm-hmm. I literally can't with her. I feel like we talk about her every week now. <laughs> I know. Well, this podcast was responsible for the cancellation of J.K. Rowling. We did it. We did. Mm-hmm. When? Um, in twenty nineteen. Oh, back when it first came out. I I'm just making this up. <laughs> no, but we it was around that time. Yeah, I remember for a while. Actually, being like she got canceled. Like. She got canceled like seven times before the main cancellation. Yeah, yeah. Before it caught on. Rumbles because of cancellation. The first six were just people scrolling through her Twitter likes. And I was like, stop scrolling through her yeah. Twitter likes. Get a job. Right, right, right. There was a haunted video of me at Selena Rosa, rest in peace, <laughs> um, where JK Rowling is brought up and I'm like, Margarita drunk. And I go, I know she's problematic, but she's my mother. <laughs> yeah. But this was like not, this was before she like admitted to being a therapist. I thought she was just confused. Yeah, no, me too. I thought she was just following the wrong people. Because that's how we have to check out Tony's likes. We sadly do. Because that's how that stuff works. Tony's not on Twitter though. Yeah, she's on Twitter, which is very good. That's great. Yes. The second a celebrity joins Twitter, it's all over. It's over. over. It's over. It's fucking over, except for Kiki Palmer. Right. Gave birth to her baby. She gave birth. Very close to my birthday. Yeah, Pisces baby. I'm so excited for her. I forget the baby's name, but it's cute. Nice. It's like historical influence. Cool. Um, yeah. Was this movie better than <laughs> The Staircase on HBO? Um, no, but it was also not better than Grease Life. Some, somehow we're going to have a super fan <laughs> looking at you, Brenda, who um, maps out all of my favorites from each mm-hmm. woman and ranks them all. <laughs> We have to do a bracket of Tony Collette movies. That's Tony Collette wiki dot wiki dot wikia dot fandom mm-hmm. dot com. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for coming on to my podcast, Jake. You're welcome. <laughs> um, are you coming on to Disenchanted next week? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I'm watching Scream Four and Five with Hannah Skibby. Fair enough. Hail Payman. Hail Payman. Bye. Bye.